1: That's 800 392 7027. Limitations and exclusions apply. First month free with purchase of single plan. Visit ChoiceHomeWarranty.com for more details.
2: You guys, it's Rick Tittle.
3: It is a Friday edition, not edition, but edition of Titillating Sports with Rick Tittle. How's it going, eh? Huh? How's it going? We'll get you ready for your NFL weekend, um, but we'll also get you ready for the fact that there's no baseball. <laughs> there's no baseball. It's over. These teams that won 100 games, Atlanta, L.A., Baltimore, out, out, out. They're all gone. Damn, girls, two years in a row for the Phillies over the Braves. That's got to hurt.
0: That's got to hurt.
3: We'll get ready for your NFL games as well, but, of course, it's a Friday. We are packed with guests. When are we not? We'll bring in Jan Wall, our good friend, the film critic in the first hour. And uh, we will have Brian Vincent, documentarian. We'll have Latvian director, Sina Beaumont. We'll have director, Almog Avedon Antonir. It's a great name. And actress, Jennifer Levinson. Debbie Gibson in the second hour. You probably heard of her. Uh, Carmine... Oh, well, then we'll have Bobby Taylor. Noma Bobby Taylor. Noma Bobby Taylor. That'll be at 1040... Good buddy. We'll talk ponies with Carmine Marino, pro-wagering. Comedian Nina G, and director Gina Chin Davis. We'll bring in Chris Woolsey, the cardinal himself from Crackle, talking about Friday the 13th Halloween programming, which is today. Oh, how we're going to fit it in. Oh, yeah, and 1012 Rick's Picks. Probably not a good day to call in. (laughs) But we are here for you at 1-800-878-PLAY big shout out to our brave men and women listening both home and abroad on American Forces Radio Network twitch.tv there I am come on back
4: The new iPhone 15 Pro with titanium is here. Switch to my plan from Verizon at your local store today, and you'll get the amazing new iPhone 15 Pro on us with Unlimited Ultimate when you trade in any iPhone, any model, any condition, guaranteed. Yep, even the old phone in your pocket right now. It's your Verizon. Nine hundred ninety-nine dollars 128 gigabyte only device payment purchase or full retail purchase with new smartphone line on Unlimited Ultimate plan required. Less $1,000 trade-in or promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends if eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR.
5: There's a whole lot of savings going on now at Staples. During Staples Sitathon, you can save up to $150 on select office and desk chairs. And when you buy a chair, you save 25% on desks, storage solutions, and office accessories. Plus, your local Staples now accepts Amazon returns. And when you return an Amazon order at Staples, you receive a coupon for $10 off your next $30 Staples purchase. Now is definitely the time to save at Staples. Chair offer ends 1028 in store only. Exclusions apply on Amazon offer
7: do you use the expensive blue or yellow pills to charge your sex life are you thinking about it what if we can promise you the same results for less than three dollars a pill if you're paying twenty dollars a pill for the other pills Stop overpaying and call right now.
1: Paid for by Steel Man Pills. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. 800-965-1295. That's 800-965-1295. Titillating sports
8: with Rick Tittle.
3: Hey, thank you so much, and welcome to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It is Friday and the first hour. We like to check in with our good friend, the film critic Jan Wall. How are you doing, Jan?
9: I'm doing terrific. Thanks, Rick. Got a great rep for you today.
3: All right. We will look forward to that, but let's bring in our first guest. It is filmmaker Brian Vincent. He has a documentary called Make Me Famous. It's about the story of New York City's Lower East Side and a very interesting art movement from an unknown artist with San Francisco Connection. Brian, welcome to the show. I've stayed in the East Village, and I love going south of Houston, just right there, Russ and Daughters and Cats, and then you go down to Delancey. You keep walking. You can walk across the Brooklyn Bridge. It's a really cool part of Manhattan. Tell us about this art movement.
10: Hi, Rick and Jan. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, Yeah, so I got in inspired by the uh, Lower East Side art movement of the 1980s. Um, o- always um, in New York, for some reason, the Lower East Side has attracted uh, the art world. It goes all the way back, actually, uh, to the turn of the century. Um, and, um, but anyway, it, in the 1980s, the Lower East Side and all of New York was particularly broke. So it was basically a place where no one wanted to live, so the uh, young art students that came from San Francisco, um, Edward Brzezinski was one of them. He's the subject of the movie. Uh, but there are a number of his friends as well. They they all came to New York and settled in the Lower East Side because they could have rent, which was basically free. Uh, but they'd also have to sort of contend with this very dangerous uh, uh, atmosphere Um <clears throat> And, and so the, the Lower East Side was particularly interesting to me, uh, though I didn't experience it myself because I had read a, a lot of books uh, about it. Um, and it interested me a lot because it was the last great explosion of interest in art, uh, I think, in America since the 1950s. And it happened because these uh, young people, they um, weren't wanted in the galleries. Because at the galleries, they were looking for earthworks and uh, sort of strange artwork that the young people really didn't want to do. So what they did was they rented uh, some of these burned-out storefronts and uh, buildings and things, and then they would perform for each other. So that's how um, you know Madonna would be performing in the same room where there were these people would put up paintings, uh, you know, Basquiat and. Keep herring, and and then you have people dancing and uh, doing monologues and things like that. And uh, so what happened was these these young people they kept encouraging each other to be as a, uh, creative as they could, and it and it got to the point where it got so hot, it got so great that they became uh, that a number of them became famous. World famous. This is Jan. I can't believe what a good film this is. And how important. I was
9: watching the Antique Roadshow uh, the other day, and they have herrings on quite often. Someone will come in with a Keith herring, I don't know, a piece of the uh, subway or something like that, and it'll be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, incredible. You know, mil- uh, half a million dollars, something. And once in a while, a Basquiat. I mean, these people are still incredibly famous, even though...
10: You know, yeah. Basquiat, I think, died at 27, and Pete Caring at 32. Yeah, yeah, and um, I mean, their art is prized in the uh, in the in the art market now as the as the very tippity of the top. I mean, Basquiat is the number one seller in the world, uh, except for, yeah. you know, uh, from uh, from modern times. Uh, but mm. there are others uh, from this era who also do quite well, um, but they've sort of, you know, since they didn't um, die, you know, die early, mm-hmm. uh, the value of their art pitches far up and then it pitches far down. So where does Andy Warhol come in this? Andy Warhol was sort of the godfather of the scene. Uh, a lot of these young people um, that uh, were studying, they, they sort of... Um, I didn't want to say worship to Andy, but they really admired him. Uh, Andy, had, Andy Warhol had, come, had, had impressed the art world so much that they, the, the entire art world sort of got tired of one scene and only got interested in Andy Warhol's scene overnight. And so um, these young people, they wanted to know Andy. Andy uh, was someone who loved to be, he was very social, and he was very encouraging to a lot of these young people like um, Kenny Sharps and Keith Haring and Basquiat. Mm -hmm. And so he would come and join in the scene, and along with Andy came the press and uh, the potential to get famous.
3: When I was in New York last December, um, I had a guy from a play, and uh, he left me tickets. It was called The Collaboration, and Paul Bettany played uh, Warhol, and I forgot who played Basquiat, but it was a... It was a real dishrag type of screaming miserable. They made it seem like everyone was miserable, but is that kind of the thing, like, the starving artist is, like, never satisfied?
10: I think that's, uh, that's you know, part of the myth of it. Um, but what you see and Make Me Famous, uh, we got lucky because we stumbled across what is about 100 hours of never-before-seen uh, video of this time period. And um, so what you see, I think, actually is a lot of people having a lot of fun um, <laughs> and you see them, um, you know, doing art for each other, uh, poetry like Miguel Pinero's performing. But they're doing all this stuff like, for instance, you'll, you'll see uh, boss, um, Edward Brzezinski, who's the main subject in this. He had a, uh, a fifth floor walk up apartment where he he had his gallery and people would do poetry and all this, all these other different things. Um, and so luckily he had the wisdom to film this stuff, and, and him and another guy, Jim C., filmed it, and so you get to experience what it was like for these people. But along the way, of course, um, many of them suffered because they weren't, uh, they weren't discovered, and one of them is the main subject of uh, Edward Brzezinski, so he, he certainly goes through... Uh, the requisite uh, amount of suffering, I think, that is required for people to say, hey, maybe this is a great artist.
9: So suffering is really the key. I mean, Basquiat was a drug addict and killed himself with it. It, The suffering, uh, I like what Rick said about there must have been, I like to think there's joy combined, so I'm glad you put that in.
10: Oh yes, yes, and and you know these people are still performing. Well, I I call it performing because I'm an actor, uh, but they're they're still showing for each other, and there's a community there's a community here, and I think it's very different than what the young people do now, um, in the sense that they 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 support each other and they they push each other along. They're not in some little bubble where they just like present something and somebody discovers them and then. You know, there's, there's a huge team of people that, you know, that's why they sort of treat each other like family. You'll see in the movie uh, that people talk very frankly about each other, but I think it's partly to do with the fact that they're sort of family after all those years.
3: The film is called Make Me Famous. It's a uh, fascinating documentary about the art scene at that time in the Lower East Side. We've been speaking with The man who made it, Brian Vincent, It's going to be beginning October 17th at the four-star, likely at the Roxy as well. Brian, congratulations on the film. Sunday. Thank
9: you, Brian. Thank
10: you. Oh, thank
9: you
10: so much. I appreciate it. And the Roxy's on the 15th, which is Sunday at 6 o'clock.
3: Perfect. There it is. Thanks, Brian. All right, we will take a quick uh, break, and uh, we'll bring in another filmmaker on the other side, this time from Latvia. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall, come on back.
15: I'm so disgusted by Rick Tittle that I find him very intoxicating.
3: All right, thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall with you, nationally syndicated out of San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. There's an award-winning animated film coming to the Vogue Theater on the 16th at 7 p.m., and there will be Q&A with the director following, and that is with our guest, Signa Baumana, the Movie is called My Love Affair with Marriage, and this uh, premiered at uh, Tribeca last year. It has been over 90 film festivals. Uh, it won the Grand Prix at Animafest Zagreb. Welcome to the show, uh, Cigna. And you've had a fascinating life being born and raised in Latvia, and you went to college in Moscow, and you married a Swede, but you're basically a New Yorker, aren't you? Yeah,
16: but this is not what New Yorker is. <coughs> we are. A little, uh, little of everything. We bring the world to one little place, to little, the Big Apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel. I actually, I do feel at home in New York. It is
9: quite amazing. This is a. This is Jan Wall. This is such an unusual film. Uh, it's really uh, something. I've never seen anything like it. It's animation, yet it's extremely real. It seems like it's basically set in reality. Could you comment on that
16: yeah the the idea for me was uh, to create a film where audience would forget that it, the film is animated um i used all um possible uh uh cinematic tools you know like pants and zooms and 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 a focus rack uh and i also created uh the 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 environment uh, our team uh, created environments where the characters live they are three-dimensional uh, but the characters themselves are drawings uh, walking through these three-dimensional spaces. So that is what uh, my biggest compliment that I hear from audiences is, I was watching your film and I completely forgot it's animated.
3: You also got some great voiceover, Matthew Modine, Dagmara, Dominic, Michelle Pac, uh Stephen Lang. Was it important for you to, to find just the right voice?
16: Yeah, because, uh, I feel, uh, for me, I was very nervous about casting, because if you uh, cast, uh, you know, the, if you make a wrong choice, uh, your character would not work. And I felt that, uh, for example, Matthew Modine is such a great actor, and he gave, uh, Bo, uh, one of the Zelma's husbands, the main character Zelma's husbands, Uh, he gave vulnerability but also determination to be married to her and there is something like funny and delightful about his actor work and also uh, like Stephen lang for example he we know him as a villain in the avatar right but here he plays a a a lover and uh, and confused lover in some ways but of course he's not a perfect lover he's not a a very good lover so it, it is um ambiguity of each character where they're good people but they also are imperfect people and that was the idea, that was the goal
3: When today's world, when we have Pixar and all these studios and the way we kind of go about animated films now how cool is it that you have your own style and you you don't like sort of bow down to to the sort of character generated computer models that you still sort of do it in your own signature way
16: yeah for me I, I feel I think that uh, independent films are are the last resort of art and originality uh, and I I am uh, like I like I want to uh support that infrastructure that uh, that um uh, environment of where creativity of a human spirit can thrive and so I don't want uh, every film to look the same in the world. And diversity of thought and diversity of, of you know, images and creativity, it should uh, support, you know, it should be supported. And, uh, and uh, that is one of my also, like, larger goals
9: to be part of this creative ecosystem. Growing up so internationally, what were the movies that made you fall in love with the movies? Oh, you know, I, uh, I, yeah, that's a, that's a good question,
16: I because I grew up uh, in Soviet Union and there limitations of what you could see, um, but I would like to go to movie theaters and they would show Bollywood movies, you know, because India and Soviet Union were very close together uh, at mm-hmm. that time, and uh, and I also watched a lot of French films uh, because uh, French uh, France at that time and Soviet Union had some kind of Impact, uh, but my biggest influence probably uh, was uh, French New Wave, which was not really like. widely released in uh, in uh, in Soviet Union. So you had to actually be in the know and go to these secret film clubs to watch these films. Oh. And also, one of the American films that uh, really struck me uh, when I was uh, about you know twenty was um, uh, Some Like It Hot. I think that's oh. like a perfect film of all times, and every year I watch it. I, I watch it once a year, so uh, to see if it still works for me. And then every year it works. It's a perfect film.
9: Boy, I couldn't agree with you more. Number one, number one, and number one. People yes. People feel that. Yeah, a lot of people feel that way. I mean, it's been number one on the AFI list and everything else for the greatest comedy. But actually. It's the filmmaking that's so amazing with that movie. Billy Wilder's use of character and lighting and casting, you know, you mentioned about casting. That film was yeah. so brilliantly cast, you know. Mm. Yeah.
16: But the film is also, I feel it's it's funny, uh it's musical and it also has a great empathy for all its characters. And and this is what I'm trying to aspire in 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 my work, you know, to give empathy To all uh, characters, to because each person has their own journey, and and Mm -hmm. I I just want I just feel a lot Mm -hmm. for people. So you know, so that I felt that that film was perfect in that uh, mix of entertainment and also a feeling, you know.
3: When you were growing up, I'm sure you had to learn Cyrillic and and, and Russian and and did they start, try to suppress the the Latvian the the Latvian or or were you able to uh, you know speak in that and and how have you seen Riga change since the 90s? Yeah.
16: That's that's a great question. Uh yeah, we lived under occupation uh uh for 50 years and so it was uh definitely uh you were not uh you know, uh, you know you know like you were second second tier citizen in your own country um the uh, of course my uh, we had to learn russian um and i don't i really like russian i think it's a really wonderful language and uh and i really uh, there's a lot of things that i admire about the culture and and writing and poetry um but also i think that latvian uh, culture and poetry and writing has amazing uh you know uh, value. Um, but, um, since the, uh, since the collapse of the Soviet Union, uh, when Latvia got independent, there was a lot of difficulty in that time, a lot, like economy, uh, economy and, and culture and education, everything kind of was in a free fall. And, and now, um, I see when I go back to Latvia and to Riga, I see how how it uh, blooms, it, it thrives. It, there's like a new generation of people who never experienced uh, uh, Soviet oppression, and they have they're completely European citizens, uh, and they are you know have a views of you know free people. You know, so um, so I'm like I'm like uh, yeah, this is this is a city, beautiful city, and I. I'm considering to go back and be part of it, you know.
3: Yeah, last, last <laughs>
16: except, except I'm except I'm deeply in love with New York. I
3: can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> last question for you: Do you recommend, or should we stay away from the black balsam?
16: You know, okay, so uh, there's a warning of caution about black balsam <laughs> um, because it is one of the most. Spectacular things uh, that you can get in Riga, or as a as a gift to people who don't haven't experienced uh, Latvia. Um, but the, the warning is uh, because it's very uh, it's just very amazingly tasty. And also, it, it has an amazing effects on on your perception of the world. <laughs> <laughs> that, as any medicine, you should use it very, very carefully. I like and that I you
3: called reg- it medicine.
16: <laughs> because it is, it's bosoms. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a herbal. It's an herbal alcohol. So you, I would recommend to put it uh, a,
9: a few <laughs> drops in your coffee. <laughs> All right. Wow, Please. I can see people. I can see Google right now blowing up with. <laughs> that
17: question
3: what is <laughs> that? <laughs> <laughs> the movie is called my love affair with marriage an animated feature by our guest Signa uh, Baumana and this will be at the Vogue theater here in San Francisco on the 16th at 7 p.m. she will be there for Q&A following as well Signa congratulations on the film and thanks for coming by thank,
9: thank you so much for having me. me wonderful
3: thank yeah. you great thank stuff
9: thank you
16: so much okay have a great day you too mm-hmm
3: yeah, Jan. There's fascinating, this fascinating, fascinating. Every country kind of has their little, kind of scary. What would you call it? Like Fernet or Jägermeister or something. And this, this black balsam is these little bottles. They have like original flavor and cherry flavor, whatever. But it, it's basically, I think, if you, I never tried it. I, I'm, I drink alcohol and I'm too squeamish. But I think you go straight to the moon when you drink it.
9: I always thought it was kind of a psychedelic. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh-huh. we will we will come back with a couple you know, more like guests. Like wormwood, like wormwood. <laughs> you know? yeah. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall, get on back.
18: Exergen thermometers are proven to be more accurate than non-contact thermometers. With children back at school, keeping them healthy is important. Clinical studies have proven that non-contact thermometers are inaccurate and can miss fevers. Accuracy matters. That's why the Exergen thermometer is trusted and used by medical professionals. Exergen thermometers are available at Walmart and other participating retailers. Choose a trusted and accurate thermometer for personal use. Learn more about why accuracy matters at exergen.com.
19: Easy gameplay, quick withdrawals, and an enormous selection of players and stat options are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Ready to test your skills? Join the Prize Picks community of more than seven million football fans who have already signed up. Right now, Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. Just visit PrizePicks.com/byline and use code byline. That's code byline at prizepix.com slash for a first deposit matchup to $100. PrizePix, daily fantasy sports made easy.
2: Do you owe $10,000 or more on at least two federal student loans? Then you may qualify for new programs offered by the Department of Education. These programs can reduce your interest, lower your payments, and possibly qualify you for loan forgiveness. take control of your financial future. Make this free five-minute free call now to Nationwide Student Loans and learn how you can reduce your student loan debt.
1: 800-433-0539. 800-433-0539. 800-433-0539. That's 800-433-0539. Paid for by Fix My Student Loans.
15: Tittle ate 200 chicken wings at your mama's house last night. Now back to Fat Boy.
3: That hurts my feelings. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle and Jan Wall with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to uh, welcome to the show a couple of people involved with a film called Trust, which will be at the Silicon Valley Jewish Film Festival, which is going to be getting underway here in a couple days, the 15th through the 29th. We have director Almag Avedon Antonier who has Bay Area roots, Uh, but ladies first, let's bring in actress Jennifer Levinson, and uh, Jennifer, I gotta say that um, if you're in Second City, I gotta bow down, that is, you're halfway to SNL, I mean, how fun is it to be in that troupe?
21: Oh, thank you, you know, it's been a while since I have been on the Second City stage, but it was a blast, and... I wish that you were a casting director at SNL. It would make my life so much easier.
9: <laughs> oh, don't believe him if he says he is. <laughs> That's a jab. Yeah. All that. it's, could you tell us about your role in this latest project?
21: Yeah, so I'm actually the writer of Trust as well, and um, I sort of wrote this feature with a role for myself, so me in mind, and... Uh, I play a daughter who is experiencing a grave loss of her mom and figuring out how to navigate the, the loss of a family member while dealing with the financial uh, aspects of losing a parent.
3: Fascinating, and Al Mog. Just to uh, you know, we're here to talk about good things, but I know you were you were born in Israel, so I know it's probably with a, a heavy heart that you're you have all this great stuff going on, and that's probably in the back of your mind as well.
22: Um, yeah, I appreciate that very much you bringing it up. Yeah, it's been it's been a very difficult week uh, for many, obviously, um, and it's just been you know painful to see um, everything that. You know my my friends and family are going through in israel um it, you know in israel and in the world and it's just um it's it's a it's a hard time for for people um so yeah thank you for bringing that up um but i'm i'm happy to that we get to talk about our work as well and i think that's you know an uplifting uh, uh
3: moment yeah in, and uh, uh If you could tell us your Bay Area connection, too, please.
22: Yeah, so I grew up in the Bay Area. So, I mean, I I was born and and raised in Israel until I was nine, but then I I moved to the states. So um, I did, you know, middle school, high school in the Bay Area. I'm from Sunnyvale. Uh, Went to Fremont High School. Um, And uh, I love Sunnyvale. I miss it. I'm actually going back in a week for a wedding. Um, So... Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in the area, but yeah, I love it. My parents are still there, so I go all the time.
3: Um, yeah, I gotta throw it in. My my dad went to Fremont High in Oakland. Did you went to the Fremont High in Fremont?
22: I went to yeah. Well, no, I went to I went to Fremont High in Sunnyvale. Oh, in <laughs>
3: Sunny yeah. There's no Fremont High in Fremont. <laughs> I don't. That's
22: so weird. very confusing. That's very confusing.
3: Yeah. No. Okay. So, um, tell us how you got together with Jennifer and and created trust.
22: Yeah. So, uh, so Jen and I have been friends for a long time. Uh, we were we were kind of friends in college, but honestly, we became better friends after college. We we both went to Chapman University in Orange mm-hmm. County,
17: mm-hmm.
22: uh, and we had worked on a couple a couple other things before. Um, We've worked on a couple like YouTube projects and stuff. and then Jen was working on her short film Trust. Um, and I know you know, we were once at this bar just hanging out and I asked her how it was going. and you know, she was talking about the the headaches of post-production with the short film. And then, as a joke, I was like, well, if you, if you need a, if you need a director for the feature film, you let me know because I knew she was working on a feature version of the short. So then, as half as a half joke, I threw my name in the hat, and um, she was next morning sent me the script, and that's how we started working on this project together, with a joke. And I'm glad I uh, I'm glad I joked because it turned into one of the <laughs> best film experiences of my life.
3: And and what's so one? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Jan. I just oh, was going to say. Yeah. Uh, jennifer I, i've been on that campus in orange you're you're like a stone's throw from disneyland how many times at lunchtime did you just say let's just cut class and go on the matterhorn
21: oh multiple times that was part of that was actually the main reason i went to <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
22: You know, it's funny you ask that because i to this day kind of regret not having a uh, disney pass like the Probably literally everyone else And I'm like why didn't I do that I've just just gone to Disney like twice a week
9: Yeah it's a very magical place And it really takes you out of Your head you know anything bothering you And so why was it so important For you to direct this film
22: Um, Well I When I read the script I loved Jen's script Um, I just thought there was a lot of nuance to it There were a lot of very like Complicated characters um, I love characters and like figuring out characters, and um, and then you know, in talking to Jen about who these who this family is, everyone kind of has their own, you know, their own trouble. While there's the, you know, this this family loss and how each each character grieves differently, and once you throw money into the picture, it, it's always more complicated. So I like. I just liked the idea of exploring this kind of dysfunctional family. And Jen has a um, a dark sense of humor, if you know Jen. <laughs> so um, it kind of uh, it match, it matches my sense of humor. So I was just excited to jump on board.
3: So, so Jennifer, you're like, I have an idea for a movie. And they go, what is it? And you're like, a chaotic funeral. People are like, ugh.
21: pretty much um it actually when i was younger uh like 10 or 12 i went to a funeral for my grandpa that was like a circus it was um pretty embarrassing and i remember apologizing to the rabbi at the end and i was crying because i was so embarrassed by my family and my friend was there at the time and apparently i turned to her and said this this needs to be a movie so uh now a there it's it's funny cuz we toned down a version of that and it's in the film and people think it seems crazy in the movie but the the real funeral that inspired the movie was significantly crazier.
3: Well, I have to ask her it'd be bad radio. Give me please one story about how horrific the circus was.
21: <laughs> um well, somebody somebody showed up and decided to have an impromptu talent show in the middle of the funeral. <laughs>
3: What does that mean? Oh, that's bad. yeah,
21: there was some cool. called that bad taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was like a singing competition in the middle, someone shouting about money, <laughs> and um I I thought it was insane at the time and I think there's something humorous and sad in how real it is in the film.
9: Mm. What made you, what uh were your influences growing up that you wanted to go into this business that's a question for both of you
21: that's a great question. um My parents put me in a play when I was six, and I think maybe they regret that now because I just fell in love with uh stepping into other people's shoes and telling stories um, just the play of it all I think there's um a childlike joy of being able to create something and collaborate with people that I, I find really fulfilling.
3: And then the title, what did you almost call it and how, why did you settle on trust?
9: Great question. Well, Omar,
21: I don't know if you want to say your influences first, then we could talk about the title.
3: Oh um,
22: yeah. I mean, my influences similar when I was, uh, I mean, my, I, I fell in love with making movies in middle school. I made uh, movies with my my friends. Uh, I mean, they're horrible, horrible movies
17: that now embarrass the
22: show. But, you know, that's how I uh, fell in love with it. And then my parents Mm -hmm. um, similarly put me in a filmmaking summer camp. um, And it just kind of, like, validated this love. And then, you know, I was like, well, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. why not try it as a career? Um mm-hmm. so yeah that's how that's how that happened, and then, obviously, just watching a ton of movies and and just you know loving loving movies like for me, the mummy was like a movie, you know mm-hmm. like an action adventure movie that made me wanna make movies, not that trust is anything like the mummy, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I, uh but yeah, I just loved it,
21: yeah, and in terms of the title. Um, we couldn't think of anything else, to be honest, because trust is sort of a two-edged sword in that it deals with trust between different family members and the financial trust. So anytime we tried to think of a different title, it didn't feel as good as trust.
3: I just love the fact that when you showed up on the set of trust, you were coming off your previous project, Work Bitches.
21: <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, the, you never know what types of projects you're going to get in L.A. unless you're in control of them. Then then you can have a little more say.
9: <laughs> wow. Yeah,
22: you'd be surprised. Yeah. be surprised that both Jen and I have been involved in you know you you create art when opportunities <laughs> present
3: themselves i like
22: that
9: right exactly
3: all right it is the director Almag Avadon Antonier, and uh, actress and writer Jennifer Levinson make sure to check out Trust and All the great films at the Silicon Valley Jewish Film Festival getting underway on the 15th, running through the 29th, and especially opening night, a film called Remembering Gene Wilder, which looks like it's going to oh, be really good
9: as Oh, I've seen as it. Well. It is really excellent. we we've seen um,
22: that film as well, and it's, it's, yeah. it's beautiful. Yeah, it's definitely worth watching. It's
9: watch. a real deep dive into this, and not only this positive, amazing spirit that was Gene, an artist, but... His dark side too. Yeah. So it's very
3: interesting. Yeah. All right. Almog, Jennifer, congratulations you two and thanks for coming by.
9: Thank you Thank for you having you me. Thank you guys. Thank you good luck.
3: Thank you. All right, good stuff. And Jan, recommendation on the other side of uh-huh. a break. All right, we'll do yeah. it. Come on back, y'all.
1: That's 800-788-1495.
18: I don't even recognize myself anymore.
15: I'm really worried about him, his addiction. I haven't seen him like this, ever.
18: Hey, look, I I never wanted to start using. I, I knew the drill, but I was out of options.
15: I just want to tell him it's not your fault. There are people out there who can help.
1: That's 800-378-3508. Paid for by the Detox and Treatment Helpline. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. That's 800-867-6917.
24: Oh come now, don't be ashamed.
6: We all have our idiosyncrasies.
15: I wish you would try and slap Rick Tittle's mama's face. He would clown you.
3: All right. A couple minutes left in the show. Jan Wall, what should we or should not we be watching?
9: Well, we were talking earlier in the show with the man who just did a wonderful documentary about what life was like in New York City uh, when Basquiat and um, Keith Haring and all those people were wandering the streets of uh, the east side of Manhattan, lower east side of Manhattan making their amazing art and all of that. Well, there's actually a fabulous film that came out in 1996 that everybody should see. I mean, this is a truly great movie called Basquiat, and it's with Jeffrey Wright as Basquiat. Dennis Hopper is in this, and uh, Benicio Del Toro. But the person that I think kills it is as Andy Warhol, who was called the godfather of this movement. Uh, This great art movement and radical, eccentric, be who you are and make your own art movement. David Bowie plays Andy Warhol. It's really great from 96. It's called Basquiat.
3: Speaking of Benicio Del Toro. Yeah, right. Have you seen Reptile on Netflix?
9: No. Is it weird? Is it scary? Will it keep me up at night?
3: No, it's it's actually pretty good. I mean, you talk about one of I mean, he's such an amazing actor. This might right. be one of his best roles. He's you know, he's he's older and he's he's kind of overweight, but he's it's funny as that I'm not giving anything away, but as it opens up, you kind of think there's all these gangsters at this dinner and it turns out they're cops and it's oh, wow. a, the way it's shot it's really weird. There's a lot of really good actors in it as well. Um yeah, you should check it out. It's creepy, it's different, and he's tremendous in it. It's called Reptile.
9: Well as long as there's not actual reptiles in it, I'll be okay.
3: <laughs> you, I didn't, like this you didn't grow up with uh an Australian bearded lizard in an aquarium?
9: Oh, that's bad. That's bad. You don't like You know the trouble with Australia is everywhere you go there these <laughs> reptiles have to kill you.
3: Yeah, I think, I think literally, this is an exaggeration, 80% of the venomous creatures of the Earth are on Australia's continent.
9: Right. And one of those things that they have this island off of Bali, those horrible um, dragons.
3: Um, Komodo dragons?
9: Yeah, this, yeah, Komodo. That's not right, you know. <laughs> we were in Bali, and my husband goes... Oh, well, let's go over to that island, you know, where the British guy disappeared. And they say it was eaten by a, a <laughs> group of Komodo dr- I don't think so. I don't think I'm going over there. Uh-uh.
3: All right. She does not recommend that island, but she does recommend Basquiat. <laughs> Basquiat. Jan, have a great weekend. Thank you.
9: You too, sweetie. Bye. All
3: right. I'm Rick Tittle. we got another couple hours. we got Debbie Gibson and Bobby Taylor in the next hour. Come on back.
14: SA News. I'm Cory Myers. Steve Scalise said focusing on the needs of America is bigger than any personal vendettas House Republicans may have with one another. We
12: have to have everybody put their agendas on the side and focus on what this country needs.
14: He announced at a conference meeting last night that he would be pulling out of the race following a day full of meetings with fellow Republicans. It appeared unlikely he would get the 217 members of his own party to vote for him on the floor as a small number of conservatives appeared to block his path. The Biden administration arranging charter flights to help Americans leave Israel as the country is at war with Hamas. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters the administration is working to provide flights from Israel to sites in Europe for U.S. citizens and their immediate family members. The administration is also looking at helping Americans exit by land and sea. The United States and Qatari governments halting a deal that would have granted Iran $6 billion in humanitarian aid.
24: Iran was going to have access to the money as part of a prisoner swap last month. However, U.S. officials now believe Iran might have been partly responsible for the Hamas attacks in Israel. President Biden faced pressure from lawmakers on both sides to stop the money from being used. And on Thursday was reported that the deal was frozen. I'm Dave Collins.
14: The European Union has issued warnings to Meta and X regarding the dissemination of what it deems as disinformation following the Hamas attack on Israel. There's been a significant surge in Hamas videos on social media platforms, directly violating the EU's regulations against online terrorist content. This is USA News. You know, you make me want up and my head. A founding member of the Isley brothers who wrote many of the group's biggest hits has died. Rudolph Isley passed away Wednesday in Illinois. Isley co-wrote that song that you heard, their 1959 classic Shout, their 1966 Motown hit, This Old Heart of Mine. He left the Isley brothers in 1989 to become a Christian minister. Rudolph Isley was 84. The Philadelphia Phillies beat the best team in baseball to secure a spot in the National League Championship Series. Philly edged the Atlanta Braves 3-1 from Citizens Bank Park to win the best-of-five National League Division Series. Atlanta bows out of the playoffs despite being the number 1 overall seed after finishing the regular season with a 104-58 record. It's the second straight postseason that the Braves have been eliminated by the Phillies. Philly squares off now against the Arizona Diamondbacks in Game 1 of the NLCS on Monday. NASA preparing to launch a spacecraft today on a nearly six-year mission to an asteroid that seems to be largely made of metal. Most asteroids are made of rock or ice or gas. The principal investigator for the mission said the asteroid named Psyche is about the size of Massachusetts. Researchers believe around 30 to 60% of it is metal. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
3: Thank you for that. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you. We got Rick's picks coming up. I'll tell you who's going to win and who's going to lose in the National Football League. Last night I went to the Shark Tank, <clears throat> the home opener. Always very much appreciate getting a season credential and a parking pass. Don't take those things lightly. It's a lot of money, especially the parking. Um, and uh, they said it was a sellout. It wasn't. I mean, they said it was. There are a lot of empty seats, but whatever. I'll go with them. And they're. What a tough start to the schedule. We were talking with Shalana Goldman of NHL.com yesterday about it. Did the music slow down there for a second? What was that? <laughs> or am I, is my brain melting? <laughs> anyway. Um, they're, pl- they're starting off with the, the champs, the stupid, dumb Knights. Sorry, KSHP Vegas. right uh, Then they got the Lanch, who won it the year before. And then they got Boston. And then they got Carolina. Two other teams that almost won it. It's a hard start for the worst team in hockey. ESPN predicted the Sharks 32nd out of 32 teams. And it got off to a good start. <clears throat> Held them scoreless, and then late, Vegas got a goal in the first, and the Sharks respond with one. It's 1-1 at the first intermission. And we're just about to go to the second intermission, and within 40 seconds, in the last minute of the second period, Vegas got two, and then to start the third, they got another one, and I'm like, all right, I think I've seen all I need to see here. But, uh, yeah, there are a lot of scrubs and no-names that uh, Philip Zadina, I can see why he was the sixth overall pick. I like that he's in that first line. But, yeah, it's going to be a long year for my uh, Sharkies. 1-800-878-PLAY. You ain't got no alibi, you ugly. I'm on Twitch.tv. Hey, how's it going over there? Tune in app, iHeartRadio app, Stitcher app, Tittle Sports with Rick Tittle on Facebook, Twitter, X, at Rick. Tittle and call me up, one 800 878 8, Play. Come on back with Rick's Picks, Debbie Gibson, and Bobby Taylor.
2: What's for dinner? Burgers?
3: After last week? No thanks.
20: Yo, J Balvin here. Verizon just hooked me up with a new iPhone 15 Pro with Titanium. How can you get one? By switching to my plan at your Verizon store. Get the amazing new iPhone 15 Pro on them. When you trade it, any iPhone, any model, any condition, guaranteed. And listen to my new song, Dientes, on your way to get the new iPhone 15 Pro.
4: Don't miss out. Switch to my plan from Verizon today. It's your Verizon. 999 dollars 128GB only. Device payment purchase or full retail purchase with new smartphone line on unlimited ultimate plan required. Less $1,000 trade in or promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends. Eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR.
1: don't want you to know about. So if you need to cancel, change, or modify an existing airline reservation, call Skywatch right now. It's a free call, so let us fix it for you. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. 855-325-5647. That's 855-325-5647.
13: If you're struggling to keep up with conversations, avoiding restaurants because you can't understand the waiter, if you've got the tv volume way way up then you really need these these tiny but powerful little hearing aids are the nano cic rechargeable Here's the number. Call now.
1: 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. 800-278-1738. That's 800-278-1738.
26: Check out Channel
3: 9. Check out Rick Tittle. Hey, welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast. Debbie Gibson coming up in the next segment. Bobby Taylor will be joining us. No more Bobby Taylor. No more Bobby Taylor. He'll be joining us. Do you get that reference? Maybe not. Let's get to Rick's picks. R-I-X-P-I-X. We have an early game, another one in London at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. John Harbaugh and... Post to Postakoglou exchanging jerseys. That's the Ravens head coach and the Tottenham head coach, respectively. Ravens at Titans. That's right. When I think about Tennessee Volunteer State, I think about a London home game. I surely do. Uh, this is going to be tough because I think this is going to be ground chuck from both teams, but you got to go with Lamar, don't you? Ravens are favored by four. The Dolphins are favored by 13-and-a-half at home against the hapless Panthers, the only team without a win, the team with no hap. And, um, man, you know, been told a million times, you get double digits, you jump on it. Could they throw another 70 spot on the board? <clears throat> I don't think the Panthers will let that happen, but I'm going to go out on a limb. Miami wins. Fingers crossed. No, uh, Miami wins. Yeah, the Jags. Do they know how to play in Jacksonville? It seems like they're in London every week, but they're at home at EverBank Stadium. Never heard of. Have Ev- you ever heard of EverBank, Daniel? EverBank <laughs> <laughs> sounds like something in Oz. Somewhere over the at EverBank Stadium, the Colts. Both of these teams are three and two. Jags favored by four. Uh, Jaguars win. I don't think it's going to be close. Bears, Vikings, black and blue division. Both teams stink. Soldier Field. Is this Kirk Cousins' last game in purple? Will he get dealt? Uh, boy. The Bears getting three as a home dog, too. I, I can't pick the Bears. Come on. I used to do it when the Bears stunk, but they had, like, Khalil Mack. I'm like, well, the defense isn't bad. I I can't pick the Bears. And I know they looked fantastic last week. I think that was an aberration sensation, titillation, elevation, Tim Roy. Uh, Vikings on the road. The Texans host the Saints. The Saints went into New England, and she lacked them. Shut out. Derek Carr was supposed to be hurt. I guess he wasn't. But C.J. Stroud, I'm going to go ahead. The Texans are also a home dog at one and a half points. I'm going to go ahead and go with Houston in that one. What do you think of that? Why do you always got to say it like that, Rick? (laughs) Seriously, though, what do you think of that? Um, You can let me know accordingly one way or the other. And by the way, Last night, Kansas City over Denver. I always hate it how close and how accurate these score lines are with Vegas. Kansas City beat Denver 19 to 8. Okay. And people were more interested in Taylor Swift and Brittany Mahomes hugging, but the line was 10 and a half. Kansas City won by 11. I I hate it when they're right like that. (laughs) Ten and a half, and they win by 11. I like the Texans over the Saints. The Bengals versus the Seahawks. And I want to just say, ah, the Bengals with their playoff hangover and Joe Burrow's not himself, and it's just not working for them, and the Seahawks are tougher than people thought they would. Remember, they were a playoff team last year. Thanks to Detroit beating Aaron Rodgers at Lambeau on the last day. Right? Uh, I still like the Bengals to win this game. Come on. Another early game. The Browns host the Niners. A lot of people think the Niners are the best team in football. The Browns probably won't have Deshaun Watson. That's why the Niners are favored by 10. Can you imagine being a 10-point home dog and you're not even a losing team? They're 2-2. Two and two. <clears throat> But... What I saw out of the Niners that I didn't like in their win last week over Dallas was I think they're starting to fall in love with themselves a little bit too much. You know, they're not just score a touchdown and hand the ball to the ref. And I I don't need that. But I think the Niners are starting to, you know, with F Dallas and all this other stuff and putting the hand by your ear. I can't hear you. You might call it brash. You might call it confidence, you might call it swagger. You might call it macaroni with a feather in your hat. Um <clears throat> look, I'm picking the 49ers and win. I'm not that dumb. Will they be playing will they be staying in Youngstown at the Debartolo mansion estate spread? But I think the Niners need to watch out for that hubris. Falcons host the Commanders. I'm gonna go with the Falcons at home. The Commanders looked horrible last week. The Raiders host the Patriots. I'm actually picking the Raiders. I know. I, I just I think they're better than the Patriots. That tells you how bad the Patriots are. the The Rams will be hosting the Cardinals in Inglewood, and I'll say the Rams win that one. It's going to be ugly. The Bucks host the Lions. And I'm gonna go with the Bucks at home. This is my upset special because they're getting three. Something about that, Baker Mayfield. The Jets host the Eagles, Gang Green versus Green Gang. This will be in Jersey. The Jets are a home dog at six and a half. Remember, the Eagles are also undefeated. This is my upset special. Jets win. What did you say? What did what did you what what did? What, yes. What did what did you say? The Jets win. Did I just say that out loud? I feel bad now. Can I change my mind? No, I won't. Always go with your first thought. Right. Sunday night football. <clears throat> this looked like it'd be a good one before the season. It's a little bit of a stinker. It is an intra state game up in Orchard Park. What do they grow on that orchard? Snowballs. The bills host the Giants. The Giants are one and four, and they stink. Just don't get a guy named Jones to be your quarterback, New England and New York. Uh, the bills aren't as mighty as we thought, but think about this. I don't know if I've seen a number like this. In years, the Bills are favored by 15 more than two touchdowns if you kick an extra field goal, an extra point.
8: 15?
3: What? Really? Favored by 15 on the 15th? I have no dog in that fight, but I almost feel like taking the points just because 15, for Pete's sake. The Giants have some good defensive players. 15? Five ninety nine? are you out of your mind? Uh, and then Monday Night Football, we'll talk more about it then. The Chargers host the Cowboys, and the Cowboys came out gangbusters. We're the best team in the NFL, and they lost at Arizona. They go, what the hell was that? Well, that was a good wake-up call. I'm glad we got that out of the way. And then the Niners just laughed at them. Cooper Cup finishing the game against Sam Darnold. The Chargers at home against the Cowboys? I got to go with the Chargers. At Sophie Stadium. I know they want me to say SoFi. It looks like Sophie. Um, no, it looks like SoFi. But I think the Chargers will win that game. I'm sorry. All right. We will take a break and we'll come on back with Debbie Gibson.
1: That's 800-949-0039. Paid for by the Tax
20: Helpline. Remember in the beginning, when you first started to build a life for you and your family, you never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams, you're living with debt. In fact, it's smothering you. Now there's a way you can take back control with one simple call. If you owe $10,000 or more in credit card debt,
1: Eight hundred nine four three two one five three. Eight hundred nine four three two one five three. That's eight hundred nine four three twenty one fifty three.
3: Alright, thank you for that. The dulcet tones of Debbie Gibson. Rick Tittle back with you. Coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Great to welcome Debbie to the show. That's because she's with the 30th anniversary of Rockers on Broadway, honoring another guest I had in studio years ago. She was so nice, so talented. Melissa Etheridge with a Lifetime Achievement Award and Rick French, Ambassador of Rock. Debbie, welcome to the show. And I'm a little bit older than you, but when I was at St. Mary's College out here in the Bay Area, there was a rumor that you had applied, <laughs> that you that you were accepted, and you were about to yeah, attend well, St. Mary's. Is that true?
27: So, first of all, hi, and I'm glad to be here. Um, I hate to burst your bubble. <laughs> I hear that every day about a different college around the country, and I never applied to college. I was on that tour bus, baby. I had no fallback plans. <laughs> I was at the. I was in the University of Electric Youth, <laughs> <laughs> doing my thing. So I had no plans to go to college. I mean, listen, people go to college to figure out what they want to do. Mm-hmm. They go to college to um, kind of get that next level education, which I was getting in my in my garage studio for my craft when I was twelve. So, <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, no, I did not. But it's fun. Listen, it's fun when people are talking about you, right?
3: It is fun, and, and, and you're right, because, you know, you're supposed to, school is supposed to teach you to be smart and to make good decisions, and what a bad decision it would have been for you to get off that bus and just start going to an English 101 class with a bunch of other schlubs.
27: Well, the thing is, you know, it's so funny. I, I see movies and TV shows depicting college life, and I also would not have fared well like my younger sister her oldest one of my nephews just started college and she called me and she goes i don't think i'm going to survive college <laughs> like meaning with her son right. i mean I, I don't know how kids live through it um i was kind of socially awkward and i was very happy being in this weird bubble where i was the boss but i like kind of also was arrested development in another way and i got to just you know play for a living you know i got to literally play music, play dress up, connect with people. So yeah, my life has been quite unconventional, but I was not going to attend that college. So rumor, rumor denied. Okay.
3: (laughs) okay, Fair enough. Do you sometimes wonder what it would be like if this was now and social media and the pressure to put out content and TikToks and, and having no personal life whatsoever i mean do you think about how different it would have been if you were out now
27: well when i was younger yes so first of all I'll tell you i i'm obsessed with doing my own social media so i actually do it as a kind of you know full-time job along with all my other full-time hats i wear as, as an artist now but i know what you mean as a younger person especially as a young female i think it's pretty daunting um you know all of that unsolicited feedback 24 7 um is really a lot you know back when I started it was more like you knew where not to eat in LA because there were paparazzi hiding out in the bushes or that kind of thing and you'd hear about a bad review and you could decide if you wanted to read it or not it wasn't just like thrust in front of your face and your phone so it definitely was a different time I'm very glad I came up when I did I don't know if I would have had the backbone to survive social media back then and now I love it as a way to connect with people. I absolutely love it. It's creative. Again, it's connective. It's community. It's inclusive. I love it. I think a but lot of- I do think that it's not good for certain people and in certain genres of, you know, uh, entertainment, especially the younger, the younger artists.
3: No doubt. And younger
27: people in general. Let's take mm-hmm. it out of the celebrity for a minute and just sure. say, you know, kids in school. Um, it's just a lot. You know, it's a lot of access everyone has to everybody else.
3: Well, the other thing is too, I, and I think some people would be surprised by this: is there are a lot of uh, popular singers who are, you know, they're cute and they have great voices, but they're given songs to sing. And you had the two former, but you also were a songwriter. In fact, you you wrote all your singles. I mean, that to me, yeah. that to me is probably the most impressive thing.
27: Thank you. I mean, listen, I was like. A couple of years ago, um, Rob Sheffield from Rolling Stone did a piece on me and he was talking about me being like, you know, that that little girl songwriter singing about her feelings and that's what I was. And and I was um, doing the the demos in my um, garage and splicing tape to do radio IDs for all you fine radio DJs out there (laughs) to give everybody a shout out. I mean, it was nuts. Um, But yeah, I just always had a pure vision for myself and... I always considered myself a songwriter before a singer. Sometimes I'll write a song and I'll even write it in a key or in a way that's challenging for me to sing. And I go, oh, shoot, I have to learn how to sing that now because I want to deliver the song. Like, to me, the song was always the star. My dancers were in uh, CVS yesterday. I was doing a, a Lyme gala last night, Lyme disease gala here in New York City. And my dancers were in CVS, funny enough, buying me safety pins, and Shake Your Love came on. And I'm always like, you know you've made it when. You get played in a <laughs> CVS or a supermarket or a dentist office. Um, and so, again, but it's like my kids, my babies are out in the world, and that's where I like the attention to be more than on me, me, me. Like, I, I love that people get to enjoy the music. That's always why I was in it. And the fact that I wrote my own songs and they resonated with people and they still resonate with people, I pinch myself every day, going, "This is my life. This is incredible. I'm eternally grateful."
3: No, it's really cool. And 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 then you think about you being a New York girl and you you get to go to Broadway and Les Mis and Greece. Like it must have been fun singing "Hopelessly Devoted to You" and all those great songs.
27: Yes, I did Greece in London actually in the West End. Mm. And it's back. It's back now. Uh, I was the token American in the show as Sandy was, you know, the token uh, p- person from abroad in the high school in the movie, funny enough. Uh, but, yeah, so I and, and Les Mis was a dream of mine. I auditioned when I was 15. Like, I worked so hard to develop my Broadway career. The roles were not just handed to me, especially in the beginning. Um, I had to jump through maybe even more hoops than than other people because they were like everybody was just skeptical. You know, everyone was kind of, like, oh, Debbie Gibson, prove it. Like, I was this little pop princess. We're not handing you a Broadway role. They didn't ha- So, you know, especially a show like Les Mis, you have to be able to deliver on a certain level. So I was always up for that kind of challenge. I grew up with Broadway. I had my Actors' Equity card when, from the time I was 11 years old from doing professional theater, which many people might not know. So, um, yeah, it was really special when I started that part of my career.
3: Very cool. So let's talk about Rockers on Broadway, which uh, you were honored about eight years ago. And this isn't just a great show. There are a lot of uh, foundations and charities that are benefiting as well, right?
27: Yes. Um, So I'd have to look at the list of the exact, but basically, yeah, here we go. So, oh my gosh, Broadway Bound Kids, Broadway Cares Equity Fights AIDS, the Buddy Holly Educational Foundation. For those who don't know, basically Rockers on Broadway combines several of my passions, which is pop music, theater performers, uh, charity, and mentoring and developing up-and-coming artists, youth, uh, young playwrights. You know, they they help produce new works. So it's kind of this multifaceted organization. It's really incredible. I loved being honored all of those years ago, and so I'm just going to get up and do... not singing this year. I'm going to be doing some... Listen, I'm going to wear a great outfit, and speak about the Path Um and celebrate my friends. And, I mean, gosh, I can't wait to see Alexa Ray Joel. I see her on the list for this year as a performer. Um, and, of course, like you said, Melissa Etheridge is being honored. And, and uh, I love that, like, I think it was last year they did, like, a Diane Warren tribute. And she was just like, holy crap, Broadway has the most amazing talent. And I love that, like, Broadway is rock and roll. Like until you've done eight shows a week you have no idea how rock and roll it is.
17: <laughs> <laughs> so
27: I love that these kind of really legit singers get to get up also and kind of like unleash their their inner rock star um at these events and, and Donnie Kerr is my dear friend and he produces it and is the you know, founder of the um of the Path So yeah, I'll be appearing Monday night here in New York. It's been a whole New York moment this past week. For different um, charitable organizations. It's
3: been a blast. Eight o'clock at Sony Hall over there at 46th and 8th. You can uh, check out the 30th anniversary Rockers on Broadway. And as I mentioned, uh, Rick French uh, and also the great Melissa Etheridge being honored. Yes. And uh, you will see our guest, Debbie Gibson, who says she'll be wearing a great outfit. So, Debbie. Always. <laughs> Listen, it's a lot of fun.
27: And rockersonbroadway.com for tickets.
3: There it is, rockersonbroadway.com. Debbie, uh, our pleasure having you on. Thanks for coming by.
27: Thank you. Have a great rest of your day.
3: All right, you too. Okay,
27: bye. Bye Bye-bye.
3: She's a um, Long Island girl. She went to this um, high school called Calhoun High, uh, which is in uh, Merrick. Merrick's in Nassau County. But uh, I bring up Calhoun High because... um, Lindsay Lohan went there too. <laughs> it's funny. You asked me, you know, like, how old is Lindsay Lohan? I'm like, I don't know, 50. She's 37. Like what? Yeah. I just assume, I don't know. It just seems like she's seen a lot of winters, I guess. That's what I would say. Uh, that's not very nice, Rick. No, I'm just saying that she's, she's experienced. But yeah, Debbie Gibson uh, was not going to go to St. Mary's College. And then she said that was the rumor for every college in America. I feel like I've, I want my money back. Um, lovely talking to her. Coming up next, we will have Bobby Taylor, the all-pro. Get on back.
5: keeping you in the game even if one of your players goes down. Sweat it out, watch your entry update in real time and continue the fun by making picks on second half and fourth quarter stats. Take your game day experience to the next level with Price Picks. And right now when you go to pricepicks.com/byline and use code byline, Price Picks is matching your first deposit up to $100. That's pricepicks.com/byline with code byline for a 100% deposit match. Price Picks Daily Fantasy Sports, made easy. Exergen thermometers are proven to be more
18: accurate than non-contact thermometers. With children back at school, keeping them healthy is important. Clinical studies have proven that non-contact thermometers are inaccurate and can miss fevers. Accuracy matters. That's why the Exergen thermometer is trusted and used by medical professionals. Exergen thermometers are available at many fine retailers. Choose a trusted and accurate thermometer for personal use. Learn more about why accuracy matters. Available at Walmart and participating
28: retailers. Learn more at exergen.com.
1: That's 800-760-1845.
4: Here's a message just for the attorneys out there. So you passed a bar, joined a firm, or even built your own now are you finding out that you're doing more administration than actual law practice lexicon can help lexicon is a legal technology provider with over a decade of experience streamlining administrative tasks like timekeeping billing and more so you can focus on maximizing billable hours and increasing client satisfaction call 855-4-LEXICON or visit lexiconservices.com slash go
5: to learn more it doesn't really matter i uh i don't like my job and uh I don't think I'm going to go anymore.
15: Tittle thinks there's a direct correlation between dogs and lightning.
3: Welcome back to Sports Byline USA, coast-to-coast, border-to-border, and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to welcome back to the show all-pro cornerback and Notre Dame alum Bobby Taylor on behalf of Gen Youth and the NFL Flag in School program. And uh, we're going to be having the NFL Flag in Schools Coach of the Year Award just to remind you, uh, Bobby, uh, I'm a big Hollywood shuffle guy, and I got to do it. No, ma, Bobby Taylor. No, my Bobby Taylor.
26: <laughs> That's classic. That's classic. <laughs>
3: yeah, and I think you got to be over like 45 to get that, right?
26: Yeah, I think so. Yeah, a lot of these youngsters, they they, they probably – wouldn't know much about that, but I definitely do, though. Appreciate, <laughs> pre- appreciate you bringing that. That brought, that brought a big smile
3: to my face. <laughs> All right, good stuff. You know, it's interesting, before we get into it, um, you know, I'm from Oakland, and I grew up as a Raider fan, and Al Davis used to have these arguments with John Madden about, John Madden said, the first thing you need is an offensive line. I don't care who your quarterback, your running backs, your wide receivers are, you need an offensive line. And that makes sense, but Al said corner. He said, I need corners first. He put such a high value on them. And you got to be the best athlete on the field because the wide receiver knows where he's going, and you got to react. So tell me a little bit about how you got so good at corner.
26: You know how I got good at corner? It it actually came from playing multiple sports. Mm. And I tell parents this all of the time do not allow your child to just focus on one sport i, I ran track that was really my fa- my first love my father he ran in the 1972 olympics in munich germany um so I, ha- I had a track background and i also played basketball and you will be surprised i was i was recruited as a safety to go play for coach holtz at, at notre dame started as a safety my freshman year and then just one day in, in our spring ball, after my freshman season, he was like, hey, Bobby, I just want to try you at corner for this scrimmage just to see how it goes. And from that day forward, I never played safety again in my life. I played corner the rest of my life. And so I I attest that to playing multiple sports because I was able to develop other skill sets outside of just you know playing safety is specifically from running track and playing basketball i love playing defense on when I, when we when we played basketball and so that's what i really attest that to and you know and then obviously just you know once i switched over just trying to fine tune all of the little skills um you know when i went to practice and in the off season and then you know trying to pick up some Different tendencies and things I could cheat a little bit from watching film of some of the opponents that I would go against, but that's what I would attest it to. Playing multiple sports and also trusting your coach because you know when Coach host asked me to do that, I looked at myself and I was like, "And I was one of the top safeties coming out of high school, and you're asking me to play cornerback? Like, what 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 are you thinking?" But I trusted him. Just how a lot of coaches to this day that we're trying to honor with the NFL flag in school's coach of the year award, where, you know, good coaches can take you a long way and not just on the field, but off the field as well from playing the game of football and some of the different life skills that you could develop playing this great sport. I feel like it's the greatest sport in the world.
3: It's such a great point. They try to take kids now, eight or nine, and try to get them to play one sport all year round. And I'm name-dropping here, but I remember Cal Ripken told me the reason he was so good at shortstop was that he was a high school striker on his soccer team, and he said, that's where I got all my footwork from.
26: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because when you play other sports, you have to develop and hone other skills. And there's an interesting Um, Fact out there, kids that specialize in just one sport at early, early ages, they're more prone to have, you know, major injuries at a younger age just because they are just using the same muscles in the same muscle groups all of the time, in season, off season. And a lot of times, with with a lot of these sports being year-round, they don't have time to rest. So that's something, you know, that parents should think about as well if, you know, their their child is doing that.
3: No doubt about it. And I gotta ask you this too. I'm we're about the same size, uh, and I'm I'm about six years older than you. I was a D two safety, and every once in a while in goal line D, they would put me at corner and you know, I'm trying to push my receiver the outside, and I got my back turned to the play, and sometimes I'd run a sweep right up my back. That's kind of scary when I'm not looking at the play.
26: Oh, absolutely. (laughs) I mean, I think, listen, I think sometimes even if you're looking at the play, it can be scary, especially when you think about, just think about if you're playing corner, and you have an offensive lineman like, let's say, a Trent Williams for the 49ers, who, by the way, went to my same high school, Longview High School, Longview, Texas. Hmm. Um, shout, shout out to them. Coming around that corner pulling, and you have to make a business shit decision on, okay, do I try to take this one of the best best athletes that have ever played offensive lineman head-on, or do I try to finesse it? And then you have to also think about, okay, even if you are successful doing that, being able to make the tackle with some of these running backs that are coming out of the backfield. So, I mean, it's a tall task.
3: No doubt about it. So tell us a little bit more about gen youth and how the NFL, because, you know, a lot of parents, the, the backlash to concussions and things, they don't want their kids to play football. And I think a lot of it is understandable, but also I think a lot of it is they just don't have all the information.
26: Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, the NFL has did a great job since all of the concussion stuff has come out as far as just trying to eliminate instances where the athletes are put in situations where it's unnecessarily risk. And so flag football is an extension of football. Um, You have to have a specific skill set. It's fun. It's energetic. Um, You learn some of the same life lessons from playing the greatest game in the world, football. Um, I'm even more excited about it for just watching some of these young ladies play because I run my own NFL flag leagues here in the state of Texas, and especially with our younger age groups, the girls out there running circles around these guys. It running. I mean, running circles around them. And then when you think about universities and colleges now that are offering young ladies scholarships to go on, um, to go to school and play flag football in college, I mean, I just think it's a beautiful thing. And on top of that, we just got the great news this morning that the IOC has just awarded flag football to, be, to become a, an official Olympic sport which will we have the Olympics, the Summer Olympics. We're hosting in L.A. Um, The U.S. is hosting in L.A. in 2028. And so it's just a lot of exciting energy. I can remember when I first started started, um, working with the NFL um, in football development, and there were talks of flag football, and, you know, we had, you know, we got a lot of pushback. You know, I would have people say, well, you never played flag football. Why are you, you know, pushing this game? And I'm like, looking at all of the hard work this is why when you think about the other opportunities that have come out of it and i just think it's a um you know it's just a great thing right now
3: now very well said and i got to go back to your long view high school days i think you might have been a freshman when he was a senior but what about matthew mcconaughey
26: yeah you know what i was actually in 8th grade okay we, we 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 missed each other yeah but matthew mcconaughey we haven't met personally. I mean, of course I know of him. He knows of me, um, you know, just to see how huge of a football fan he is on the professional level, but definitely on the collegiate level with him attending, you know, the university of Texas. Um, but yeah, man, Mac, Matt, Matt, Matt McConaughey, he's a, you know, that's, a, um, you know, he's a legend in, in, in his own right.
3: <laughs> Last question for you as, You know, Texas high school, you're one of the best players in the state that has the greatest high school football programs. I'm sure UT, A&M, everybody came calling for you, and there was probably some pressure to stay in the Lone Star State. But how long did Coach Holtz have to talk to you where you're like, all right, I'm going to the snow in South Bend?
26: Yeah, you know what? He didn't lead with that part, the snow part. But um, <laughs> you know, Texas A and M, and you. So UT. Go, so going into my senior year, UT was number one. Mm-hmm. But they ended up firing their coach, Mac um, Williamson, during my senior year, and they brought in Mackovic. I think he was at Virginia, maybe before he became the University of Texas head coach. And you know, I um, sat down with him, but. I just felt like, you know, it was just an unstable situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I did take a physical visit to um, Texas A and M University. Ironically, my oldest son, um, BJ, he's actually there at Texas A&M on A and M on a football scholarship. So, great. you know, they, they, you know, one of the Texas schools got one of the Texas boys. Unfortunately, <laughs> they missed out on me, um, and you know, it was a great thing for me to go and play for Coach Holtz. Um, You know, I was fortunate enough to see him a couple of weeks ago um, back in South Bend. But um, just the experience, um, just the education that Coach Holtz gave us, not only football-wise, but just, I mean, for example, they're playing USC tomorrow, obviously. Prior to the the game when we were playing, Coach Holtz, he would give us a quiz on the history of the rivalry, some of the great coaches that have coached in the rivalry, some of the great players that have played. And it just made us more aware of how important um, the position we were in. Hmm. And I think guys took that to heart because during the time when I was there at Notre Dame, I think we had about a, a 10 or 11 year winning streak against the Trojans. So, um, yeah, Coach Host was great, man. I, it was it, it was it was such a it was such a blessing for me to be able to play for him um you know and, and a lot of things that he's taught us you know I still use in my day-to-day life how I raise my kids and just how I carry myself you know as a man
3: that is really cool i want to make sure everybody checks it out gen youth and nfl flag and schools program and they got the nfl flag and schools coach of the year award we've been speaking to the all american and the all pro bobby taylor always good talking to you my man thanks for coming by again
26: yeah just one more quick thing go to flag.genyouthnow.org applications are open through november 8th to nominate a coach in the in, in your school in the community a PE teacher and we'll be making announcements sometime in november who the winners are and thanks for having me have a great weekend
3: you too thanks a lot bobby i'm rick tittle we'll take a quick break and we will get on back on sports byline
1: Pricing information, 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654, 800-915-9654. That's 800-915-9654. Has your heater or air conditioner busted, appliance broken, computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. 800 867 6917
11: You spent over a decade in the Middle East and I just wanted to say that I'm a great fan of your work. Well, thank you I, very much. I, for don't that. interrupt me please. Thank you. <laughs>
15: You must be crazy. Use a D.O.G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: All right. Thank you for that. By the way, where I was sitting at the Shark Tank last night, and sometimes I do it because they don't save a seat for me up there in the catwalk. And the press box is in the catwalk because when they designed the stadium, they forgot to build one. It's just a fact. Maybe up in the catwalk. Sometimes I sit with the front office or the healthy scratches from the other team like, over the years, um, it's funny um, hearing some of the comments. Like, one time when I sat with the Preds people, they were having a baby. But I was with the uh, sitting next to the assistant GM of the Knights last night, and he's sitting right next to me, and the only thing he said, there was one play where one of their guys grabbed a shark, and I think it was Barabinov, and he kind of went down. And it was a penalty, and he just went, ugh. But every time the Knights scored, he had no reaction and when the Sharks got their goal, no reaction. And all I could put it down to was he just knew that they were going to win. It was just a matter of time. Is it hubris? Is it confidence? Once again, that word, swagger. He had no reaction because I think he just, think we know we're leaving this building with a victory, so I, I, it's not worth getting my heart rate up. And then Mike Ricci came in and gave him a hug. He looked at me, and he's like, yeah, you don't get a hug. All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We got another hour. Come on back,
14: USA News. I'm Corey Myers. Steve Scalise said focusing on the needs of America is bigger than any personal vendettas House Republicans may have with one another. We
12: have to have everybody put their agendas on the side and focus on what this country needs.
14: He announced at a conference meeting last night that he would be pulling out of the race following a day full of meetings with fellow Republicans. It appeared unlikely he would get the 217 members of his own party to vote for him on the floor as a small number of conservatives appeared to block his path. The Biden administration arranging charter flights to help Americans leave Israel as the country is at war with Hamas. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby told reporters the administration is working to provide flights from Israel to sites in Europe for U.S. citizens and their immediate family members. The administration is also looking at helping Americans exit by land and sea. The United States and Qatari governments halting a deal that would have granted Iran $6 billion in humanitarian aid.
24: Iran was going to have access to the money as part of a prisoner swap last month. However, U.S. officials now believe Iran might have been partly responsible for the Hamas attacks in Israel. President Biden faced pressure from lawmakers on both sides to stop the money from being used. And on Thursday was reported that the deal was frozen. I'm Dave Collins.
14: The European Union has issued warnings to Meta and X regarding the dissemination of what it deems as disinformation following the Hamas attack on Israel. There's been a significant surge in Hamas videos on social media platforms, directly violating the EU's regulations against online terrorist content. This is USA News. You know, you make me want up and my head. A founding member of the Isley brothers who wrote many of the group's biggest hits has died. Rudolph Isley passed away Wednesday in Illinois. Isley co-wrote that song that you heard, their 1959 classic Shout, their 1966 Motown hit, This Old Heart of Mine. He left the Isley brothers in 1989 to become a Christian minister. Rudolph Isley was 84. The Philadelphia Phillies beat the best team in baseball to secure a spot in the National League Championship Series. Philly edged the Atlanta Braves 3-1 from Citizens Bank Park to win the best-of-five National League Division Series. Atlanta bows out of the playoffs despite being the number one overall seed after finishing the regular season with a 104-58 record. It's the second straight postseason that the Braves have been eliminated by the Phillies. Philly squares off now against the Arizona Diamondbacks in Game 1. of the NLCS on Monday. NASA preparing to launch a spacecraft today on a nearly six-year mission to an asteroid that seems to be largely made of metal. Most asteroids are made of rock or ice or gas. The principal investigator for the mission said the asteroid named Psyche is about the size of Massachusetts. Researchers believe around 30 to 60% of it is metal. I'm Corey Myers, USA News.
1: paid for by steel man pills 800-965-1295 800-965-1295 800-965-1295 that's 800-965-1295 rick
21: tittle knows his sports
2: i hate that guy i love that guy oh my gosh he's so fine rick tittle brings home the bacon fries it up in a pan and then he eats it Ricky T in the Hizzle for Shizzle
21: Biznatch
3: Thank you so much And welcome back to the show Rick Tiller with you Coast to coast Got Carmine coming up Carmine Marino The big ragu Yeah that's right Talk some horse racing. Nina G and Gina Chin Davis with their documentary about Nina G. And then we'll talk to Crackle's Chris Woolsey about the candy bar, the Crackle. 1-800-878-PLAY. You know, Sean Payton, he came in hot to Denver. You know, he was the guy that brought New Orleans a Super Bowl victory, which was an impossibility when I was growing up. That team would never even sniff the Super Bowl. And then he had uh, controversy, and he was banned, and Bounty Gate, and all that. Then he was on TV, and he came back, and he said, Nathaniel Hackett, oh my gosh, is the worst coaching job in the history of football. And they suck. And they did something else dumb, or he did on Thursday night. That would be last night. Peyton had the Broncos punt with 22 seconds left to play in the first half. But he had called timeout prior to that, helping Kansas City. He said, yeah, listen, that's a boneheaded mistake by me. They were calling one as well. I'm off a down. That was stupid. Well, it led to Harrison Butker of Kansas City hitting a 60-yarder to end the half. Is is he doing this is is this I'm not into karma but is this some sort of karmic thing that he's the worst coach he's even he makes Brandon Staley and Josh McDaniels look competent <laughs> I mean every week it's something are they going to fire him before the end of the season like they did with Hackett I don't know but it's uh, it's pretty astounding how dumb he is at this point All right, I'm Rick Tittle. We will take a a break, and on the other side, we'll bring in Carmine. We'll talk a little horses, and then I mentioned we've got some few guests as well. If no one shows up, you can call me at 1-800-878-PLAY. You can watch me on twitch.tv. There I am. And the Twitter's at Rick Tittle. Come on back.
20: Yo, J. Balvin here. Verizon just hooked me up with a new iPhone 15 Pro with titanium. How can you get one? By switching to my plan at your Verizon store. Get the amazing new iPhone 15 Pro on them. When you trade it, any iPhone, any model, any condition, guaranteed. And listen to my new song, "Dientes" on your way to get the new iPhone 15 Pro.
4: Don't miss out. Switch to my plan from Verizon today. It's your Verizon. 999.99. 99, dollars 128GB only. Device payment purchase or full retail purchase with new smartphone line on unlimited ultimate plan required. Less $1,000 trade-in or promo credit applied over 36 months. Promo credit ends of eligibility requirements are no longer met. 0% APR.
23: You don't need to lose your home to foreclosure. If you have any equity in your home, we will buy it and give you cash within days, all in a simple over-the-phone and virtual process. Call Quick Cash Offer now before the economy gets worse. Sell a home you can't afford or just don't want to get the cash you need today. 800-788-1495, 800-788-1495,
1: 800-788-1495, that's 800-788-1495.
5: This is J.D. Sharp. I've been developing a revolutionary sports handicapping service, and you can be a part of the beta. Sign up at BetUS.com with a deposit of as little as $50 and use the promo code SHARP betting email a screenshot of your account to worldwide at gmail.com and i'll reply personally with my plays my nfl record this season was an industry best 72 and 33 and this is the only way to know all my plays the moment i make them let's keep making money together titillating sports with rick
8: tittle rick tittle is a genius the best show ever. He's so wonderful. Genius. The best show ever. He's so wonderful. Titillating sports with Rick Tittle. Rick Tittle is he so handsome. He's a genius.
7: Coming up next, Rick Tittle.
3: All right, thank you for that. We can't find Carmine, so the lines are open at 1-800-878-PLAY. You know, remember uh, Robert Ursay said, we're not trading. Taylor, he'll be here. He'll be here in October. Yeah, that's because the trade deadline is Halloween. That's the only song I can play on the piano is not that one. That's too hard. But the one, well, I never tried it the one where he's just like coming up the stairs, go all the way down to the left side of the keyboard and then go all the way down to the right side. And with your, the left side just go bum bum, bum bum, bum bum, and then the far right go bing, 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 bum bum, bing, 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 bum bum. Written by and composed by Richard Titzel. Hello, I'm Richard Tittles. O'Roy, all right. I mentioned Kirk Cousins. Will this be his last game? He has a no-trade clause, so he might not even sign off on it if they find a deal that they like. But if they lose again and they're one and five, why hang on to him? We kept hearing Jets. He's going to the Jets. Of course, we heard the same thing about Ryan Tannehill. The Titans have been dancing around him for a while. I mean, two touchdown passes and five picks for the former Texas A&M receiver. But if general manager Ran Carthon can convince Mike Vrabel that he should go with Malik Willis or the other Will, Levis, maybe he could go to the Jets. We also heard his name for the Falcons, but speaking of Tennessee, if they decide to burn it to the ground. Derek Henry. Oh, Derek Henry. What teams would like him? Well, he's 29. He is a tank, there's no doubt. Heisman Trophy winner, a guy that Reggie McKenzie passed on because he wanted Jihad Ward. The one that scares me, though, is the one that we've been hearing all offseason because he's not been gruntled, is Devontae Adams. He's only a year and a half into a $140 million contract that runs through the end of the 2026 season. And he's kept talking about being on the West Coast, even though he's not. He's a complete state away. But he can. He questioned all the decision-making and the roster building up, and he said, this isn't been what I wanted. <clears throat> but he has said, no, no, everything's cool, everything's cool. Is it? There was rumors that they want him in Baltimore. Can you imagine Devontae Adams with Lamar? man. That would be something. Another wide receiver out there in Cortland Sutton, and Sean Payton downplayed that. And also Jerry Judy. I mean, they already unloaded Randy Gregory and his bag of weed. Did he bring the bag of weed to San Francisco? I remember when I was thinking hey maybe the Raiders can draft him and my friend who was a Nebraska fan said I don't like that guy I'm like you Mr. Husker black shirts by the way Tom Osborne started that if you were on uh, the uh, defense for the University of Nebraska in the 80s you wore a black shirt with a skull and crossbones underneath Raiders Al probably sued them <clears throat> but he's a corn husker black shirt and he didn't like him but anyway, there's this ridiculous thing going on too with, you know, last week we were talking about Dante Whitner, and <laughs> he's getting into it with a player and basically say, I'm a whip your ass when I see you more or less. And then uh, we had uh, Steve Smith call Jerry Judy Jag for just a guy And then Jerry Judy said, I don't F with you. And then Smith said, I'm sorry, I said you were just a jag. So if you ever got a problem with Agent 89, I'm sorry for saying you're an average wide receiver, that they will eventually move on from. And when teams call me and ask if they should trade for you, I would say, no, don't trade for Jerry Judy. He's a tier three And then we saw Jerry Judy, like, dancing around behind him. Just, yeah, it's weird. But, I mean, Judy has had a battle on Twitter with Rod Smith and Mark Schlereth and (laughs) three catches for 14 yards last night for one and five. So, I mean, it's just, then they asked him, they go, what happened with you and Steve Smith? He goes, I don't remember. What? I don't remember. You don't remember? This guy was a 15th overall pick. He was so good in college. I mean, just he was. He was fantastic in college. But it doesn't always translate, y'all. And uh, so that's another name that's out there. And people were talking about the Cowboys are one of the more aggressive teams. And then defensively, you got linebackers like uh, Danielle Hunter. Yep, spelled like a girl. Don't say it to his face. I'll knock you out. As I said, Minnesota, the GM, Kwasi Adolfo Mensa. You know, they got Brian Flores. You know, you remember him. He sued the NFL for being fired because he was black when he was with Miami. But he is the D.C. there, and, you know, he's the lone (laughs) edge-rushing weapon. He's got six sacks already. But that means he's a pretty big trade ship. Uh, the hot rumor on Danielle Hunter is the Jaguars being aggressive. Buddha Baker, Cardinals safety, all pro. He got into a huge contract dispute, but they gave him a raise, and he came back, and then he went on the IR with a hammy. But when he's healthy, he's good. They're one in four, and he's got one year left. Maybe he's another guy. There are rumors Eagles and Lions looking at him. But, you know, we, this isn't like the other sports where you make a trade midseason and then a guy comes in and he helps. That was a complete aberration with uh, Christian McCaffrey last year, CMC, Commandant Marine Corps, um, because it's too hard to learn the offense and then fit in. And then he was like, it is? <laughs> I think the only game they've lost since they traded for him is the playoff game I believe that's the only game they've lost what is he like 12 and one something like that Uh, 14 and one I don't know what it is but it's very rare I remember when the Browns traded Trent Richardson to the Colts for a first round pick mid season and he did nothing and then a couple years later I was in camp in Napa and this guy was so bow-legged and he was about five foot six bow-legged little guy. I'm like, who's that? And they're like, Trent Richardson. I'm like, what? Yeah. Don't judge a book by its cover. He was great in Alabama. And, but I'm like, he, he's not even going to make the team, <laughs> but there are some, there are big names out there. They're there. And, um, you know, if the, the Raiders are not going to trade Devonte Adams, Knock on wood. That's just not going to happen. Maybe had they lost <laughs> this last week to Green Bay, maybe they would have dealt him. Uh, no. No, they, they need stars, and he's one of the only stars there. And Otherwise, you're going to be seeing stars. I wish Tiny would bring his fat ass here. Crew chief, winky dinky dog, batty, batty, batty. I just, I'm going through some more Hollywood shuffle lines after the Bobby Taylor thing. I can't stop. All right. When we come back, we will uh, talk to a couple of uh, ladies who have made a brand new documentary. And we will do that next right here.
26: You know, over time, you know, the more and more you do something, the better you get at it. Just like you know, you didn't become this excellent at radio overnight. You know, you know exactly when to say we got one minute left.
12: (laughs) (laughs) Right?
3: (laughs) Because I'm so good looking. (laughs)
20: Practice makes perfect.
15: You must be crazy. Use a D.O.G. And if you was my man, I would have been kicked you out of my house by now. This is what had happened.
3: All right. Well, that's elaborate. Welcome back to the show. Rick Tittle with you coast to coast and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. It's our pleasure to uh, welcome back to the show comedian Nina G and also filmmaker Gina Chin Davis. Uh, They have collaborated on a movie, Gina directed it, and Nina is the protagonist because it's called Nina G. Stutterer Interrupted, and uh, this is a very interesting uh, thing. First of all, uh, let's bring you in first, Gina. You're also an East Bay kid, is that right?
29: Yes, that's right. I grew up in Richmond and El Cerrito.
3: Okay, I was born in Richmond. I went to Adams Junior High and Salesian High in Richmond, but I grew up in El Cerrito. Oh my gosh,
29: that's a lot. Yeah, my my mom went to Adams Junior High back in the 70s.
3: Okay, I went there. I graduated in 79, so maybe your mama and I... I know! ...were in the same class. Or, Or close, somewhere around there. Yeah. Was she the one that threw that rock at me? I don't know. We'll figure yeah, it out later. Violent. Um, violent. <laughs> so violent. Um, so, uh, Nina G, we talked the last time you were here about the the stuttering, which I have to say, when you're on the show, you, I barely notice it whatsoever. Um, how did this documentary come together?
13: Well, let's see. It, well, I've always wanted to do a, a, a special, and Gina is a great friend of mine and we've known each other for 15 years, and she also stutters, Um, and so it was just kind of a natural match, so I feel I kind of suckered her into it, Um, but um, she's pretty much the only one I would have trusted
9: with this project.
3: So, uh, Gina, did you approach it in a collaborative way, like, hey, we're both stutterers, or did that was that just a coincidence?
29: Well, I think it was a collaboration, and, and actually Nina approached me to ask me if I would do this special with her, like, you know, I would film and um, direct it with her, um, and I think that she came at it with the knowledge and insight that as a fellow woman who stutters, which is a really rare thing, um, I would be able to tell her story in an authentic way. I wouldn't turn it into some like exploitation, inspirational, she-stop-stuttering story, but more <laughs> a, a real story about how she went through these phases in her life where she had to overcome her own um, beliefs about how stuttering would hold her back as a stand-up comedian, even though that was her, her dream, to move forward and become the person she is now
3: so uh i'm just looking at the cast and i already don't like mean dave who's that
9: <laughs> that is one of my best friends um who
13: is the host uh of the show and he's in it very very quickly but he's, yeah, yeah um he's been in recovery from drugs and alcohol for 10 years so he's less 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 mean now and he has worked on himself a lot <laughs>
3: So uh Nina the Alameda Comedy Club what that's your home club what what does that club meant to you in your career
13: Yeah I mean it means a lot it, it it it's only been around for 3 years and I wish it was around when I was um a t- teenager and in my 20s cuz I would have been there all the time um uh, probably would have ruined my life um but I but for me now um it, it means a lot because it is in my hometown. I'm fifth generation Alamedian. But also, also um, it's one of the few clubs that has really put accessibility in the forefront. And it's one of the few clubs that has an accessible stage. And I have a, a comedy troupe called the G- Comedians with D- Disabilities Act. And it's the one of one of the few places where we don't have to lift a wheelchair using comic onto the stage because it's already there. It's already integrated in.
3: So, uh, Gina, this is going to launch on October 22nd. Was this a coincidence that that's also International Stuttering Awareness Day?
29: Well, that date is approximate because we are working to get it onto Amazon, and Amazon goes by their own calendar and stuff like that. But it mm-hmm. will launch sometime like later this month um, is what you know we expect. And um, yes, we we did plan it that way. You know, um, there aren't that many holidays that celebrate stuttering, <laughs> and so we were like, should we release it in June or should we release it in May? Which is, I think, is is uh, international. Uh, stuttering awareness week in may and so just because of the the timeline of you know filming in march and then we did a bunch of post-production stuff we figured october we could ride the wave of the um big stuttering holiday that we have this
3: month and nina i think what people they probably understand but if they don't i'm here to clarify that it's it's no gimmick if your jokes were lame it wouldn't matter Uh, how you deliver them. It's like if Mel Tillis couldn't sing, he wouldn't be on The Tonight Show, right? Exactly. So the comedy (laughs) is legit.
13: (laughs) Yeah, no, the the stuttering only carries itself a couple of minutes. After that, the jokes have to be good, and the special is 45 minutes-ish, something like that, so... Um and it's just not all about stuttering. It's also about my grandma and it's also about um about being a woman and b- body image issues and being Italian American. So there's lots of other stuff other than just the, the stutter.
3: And uh, also uh Maya Chupkoff is in this, another stutterer, Gina.
29: Yes, she is. Um she is the, the host of a a fantastic podcast called Proud Stutter which has gotten a lot of notoriety since she launched it, I I want to say maybe one or two years ago. And um, she uh, is uh, featured in the film. We were really glad to collaborate with her. She, uh,
9: She's in some
29: of the archival footage where she interviews Nina um, and tells part of her story. So it's really cool to have three women who stutter involved in this film in some ways. Pretty cool.
3: Nina, did you ever see the Curb Your Enthusiasm where the handicapped guy... <laughs> parks and walks out and Larry David yells at him and then he goes and he I don't want to make, you know, do that otherwise i will make fun of yeah. him, but, but he stutters and he goes I'm a stutterer.
13: Yes, I love yeah. that. I and and Larry David to me is I mean around disability issues. I think he's a genius because people are so afraid to approach it and talk about it and I think he does it in a way whether it was on the time and Mickey um, was the little person on the Seinfeld, who's played by Danny Woodburn, mm-hmm. and I had the honor to work with him a couple times. Um, yeah, Larry David does disability better than most able-bodied people do, um, <laughs> and, and, and a lot of it is because he um, sometimes able-bodied people are very uncomfortable, and he he is great at bringing out the uncomfortableness, which I love.
3: Mm-hmm. Like when he went on the date with the wheelchair lady, but then he yeah. got the table, yeah. <laughs>
13: yeah, all of it. All of it is great. And then he tried to climb the stairs to get away from them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and Rosie O'Donnell had him.
3: <laughs> Too funny. Um, I also want to ask you, Nina, right before the pandemic, we had you on for your memoir. How's that moving?
9: Oh, it's going well. I just got a a royalty check the
13: other day. People are still buying it. Um, So I'm very thankful about that. And I always uh, sell it at at events too. Um, So the film is kind of like a manifestation of that as well. So it's it's really neat that it all kind of works all together that way. So if you like to watch things, you can watch that. Um, If you like to read things, you can read that, so it works out.
3: (laughs) I always love Letterman's line when he said, this book is in its second printing. The first one was smeared.
13: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Letterman (laughs) has been one of my favorites, I appreciate that.
3: No doubt. Uh, Gina, before we let you go, what is your favorite, like, three to five minutes of this film? Oh,
29: you know, okay, I I think for me, um, you know, putting it all together, um, well, first of all, like, Nina is funny, and I just want to say I wouldn't have agreed to do the special if she wasn't hilarious. I would have been like, okay, honey, and I was like, you know, that's good. So I just want to say that, like, you know, she is very funny. But in terms of the emotional crux of the film, I would say there is about, you know, there is a section where Nina has a um, really wonderful former high school teacher that we got to interview. Her name is Joy Bramlett. And um, they're both kind of, you know, separately, separate interviews talking about a really important moment in their interaction when Nina was in high school. That really changed Nina's life and kind of set her on this path towards becoming a stand-up comedian. And hearing the story from her her, uh, teacher's point of view also is, like, really wonderful and shows, you know, how a teacher or somebody in a person's life can really... Um, encourage people authentically and so I would say that's my favorite moment
3: in the piece. Really cool, we're out of time but I want to make sure that everybody finds out that tomorrow at 1 o'clock at the New Parkway of course that's uh, downtown uh, Oakland there'll be a preview there and of course uh, Maya Chilkoff will be there um, yeah. as well. The film, Nina G Stutter Interrupted, Nina G and Gina Chin Davis. Ask your mom if she had Miss Letchworth for history
8: Miss Letchworth? Yeah. Okay Alright, <laughs> we'll right.
3: thanks you two Congrats <laughs>
9: Thanks, Thanks.
3: Yeah. take care Alright, well, we got Chris Woolsey Bye. on the other side Come on back
18: Exergen thermometers are proven to be more accurate than non-contact thermometers. With children back at school, keeping them healthy is important. Clinical studies have proven that non-contact thermometers are inaccurate and can miss fevers. Accuracy matters. That's why the Exergen thermometer is trusted and used by medical professionals. Exergen thermometers are available at many fine retailers. Choose a trusted and accurate thermometer for personal use. Learn more about why accuracy matters. Available at Walmart and participating retailers. Learn more at exergen.com.
1: that's 800-433-0539, paid for by Fix My Student Loans.
20: Remember in the beginning when you first started to build a life for you and your family? You never imagined it would come to this. Instead of living your dreams one simple call is all it takes to get the ball rolling to a debt-free life. Stop living with debt and start living your dreams. Call the Debt Helpline now.
1: 800-943-2153. 800-943-2153. 943 2153
2: That's 800-943-2153. What's for dinner? Burgers? After last week, no thanks.
8: A vast bowl of pus!
15: His servants.
3: I don't have any. Welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. Rick Tuttle, nationally syndicated downtown San Francisco and around the world on the American Forces Radio Network. Well, it's almost Halloween and you might find some fun size Nestle or I should say Hershey crackles in your bag. But that's with a K. I'm more interested in the crackle with the C, the television network, because they're going to have some really cool Halloween movies. And we bring back the cardinal himself, Chris Woolsey to talk about it. Chris, welcome back to the show, and let's just start off with the biggie, Halloween itself.
30: Rick, thanks for having me, man. This is always the highlight of my month. Um, Yes, Halloween, one of my favorite movies, especially this time of year. It's just, it's so good, and you know, a lot of these movies don't hold up all that well. You have this sort of, like, fondness for them when you were younger uh, as a teenager but you watch Halloween man it is just so well done it really showed that you know John Carpenter was just absurdly talented and um you know getting ready uh to talk to the, the king if I'm the cardinal you're the king of entertainment uh I always want to do a little research and so I was looking up uh some of the amazing trivia um for the movie it's it 's crazy, I mean it was it was shot for like nothing, like the budget was peanuts, and so uh, they uh, had to shoot where they could. It's supposed to take place in Illinois in the fall, but they were shooting in Pasadena and Altadena in the spring,
17: mm-hmm.
30: so in order to cover that for exteriors, they bought bags and bags of brown paper maple leaves. Mm. And they would throw them out of the back of a truck onto the lawns before they would shoot the exteriors. And one of the PAs who was doing that happened to be a young actor by the name of Robert England, who, of course, went on to be Freddy Krueger in the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise. And he said the only thing he remembers about working on that film is standing in the back of a truck and having John Carpenter yell at him, is that as
13: far as you can throw, England?
30: <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty amazing. But um, it, it, it's just, there's so many good stories from that. Um, when uh, John Carpenter called Jamie Lee Curtis to tell her that she had the role, uh, she was convinced that he was calling her to tell her it was the worst audition he'd ever seen in his entire life. <laughs> um, apparently, Donald Pleasants liked to have a, a, a couple of drinks, uh, so the stories go uh, on set and he had had quite a few one day, apparently. And one of the PAs let John Carpenter know, and it was right before they were, they were going to film his big monologue at the beginning of the movie. That's so important. and kind of sets up the rest of the film and Carpenter apparently pulled him aside and said, I can't afford to shoot this scene more than once. So you have got to nail it. And he was like, no problem. And of course, he watched the film, and he absolutely crushed it.
3: it. What's crazy about Donald Pleasance is, yeah, here's stories about him being a drunk, but on the other hand, this was a guy that was in a Lancaster, shot down, put into a German prison camp in World War II, and then now he's in this thing. I mean, I guess I'd probably drink too.
30: Right, and that's funny. Uh, it ends up that he did the film because uh, his daughter... Loved the music of Carpenter's previous film. And she was like, oh, dad, you've got to work with this guy. He's amazing. He does all the his own music. And so Pleasance was like, I don't know. Okay, whatever. So he had like very little understanding of even what this film was going to be about when he agreed to it. I mean, to your point, he was Harold Pinter's favorite actor. I mean, this guy was like avant-garde theater to the 11th degree. And then he, here he is doing a schlock horror film, which is like, So hilarious.
3: You know, the other thing, too, um, good knowledge on there's no such thing as Haddonfield and it was Pasadena. I I forever thought that was a real town in Illinois. Um, Right. The the William Shatner mask uh, painted white. Is is that Mm -hmm. true? That's what it was for Michael Myers?
30: hundred percent. So apparently they they started with a clown mask and they recorded a few scenes with that. And the and the cast was like, oh, yeah, this is terrifying. And then they pulled out the Shatner mask just because they couldn't afford to actually go get a real mask made. So they, they just dyed the hair, painted it white, and threw that on him. And everybody was like, nope, forget the clown. We're going with Shatner. Like it was uh, <laughs> head and shoulders more terrifying than anything else. And you, you watched the film, and uh, Carpenter said that he he really wanted – the audience to not relate to Michael Myers in any way, shape, or form. And so that blank slate of a face was like the perfect thing.
3: Really good. We're speaking with Chris Woolsey from Crackle about some of the, and and by the way, let's just remind everyone, Crackle is free, right?
30: Yes, always free. Everything on there is free. The app, you can download any of the app stores for pretty much any of your device, your connected TV, and you can watch till your heart's content because it's always free on Crackle.
3: Good stuff. I know, um, speaking of Germany, going back to Nosferatu, why do you know was this banned, and of all places, a very liberal country like Sweden for 50 years?
30: <laughs> well, this movie was controversial for a lot of reasons, and I had no idea until I started doing the research for this segment. Um, so apparently uh, it was banned because it was, they said it was too violent and terrifying. Uh, and that it would it would just scare people that much. And it, in all honesty, at the time, like it was the scariest movie ever made. Uh, anybody that's watched it goes, wow. I mean, there's aspects of it that are kind of dated because it was a, a, a silent film and it was black and white and it was really old. But Matt Shrek was terrifying as as Count Orlock, um, and he was so scary that for the rest of his life, rumors persisted that he was a real vampire. Like, that, that was not something they made up for um, the Shadow of the Vampire movie. Like, that was a real thing. People wrote articles about it, how Max Schreck may have, like, sold his soul to the devil. He was truly... And he did 40 other films. It wasn't like this was, like, a one-shot. Um, but it was also very controversial because they actually got sued by the estate uh, of, of Bram Stoker for basically ripping off dracula so they changed a bunch of things they called him count orlock instead of uh count dracula uh they changed the location to germany um rather than uh romania or transylvania or whatever that was and um they thought they got away with it and they didn't they ended up getting taken to court by the estate and they lost um so the film sort of overall was very controversial, but. Uh, man it's good and you watch it now and you're like you you can see elements that people steal for modern horror films because he just so many things about it were so terrifying
3: also House on Haunted Hill openings opens up nothing just blank screen blood curdling screams I mean that's a perfect way to open a movie and correct me if I'm wrong that kind of inspired Hitchcock for a little psycho
30: it did so the movie did so good it had it had a budget of 200,000 dollars um and it made 2.5 million which you know in the day that was like a a billion dollars to make uh especially for a low budget horror film and hitchcock being the pragmatist that he was was like well if these guys can do it i certainly can and he did um in even even grander fashion uh with psycho which is obviously one of the classic horror films of all time
3: and we know George Romero because of Night of the Living Dead, but the inspiration, night, uh, uh, Carnival of Souls, I should say?
30: Yes, yes, which is one of the weirdest movies. If you've never done drugs, good for you. Your parents did a great job. That's me. But if you would like yeah, me too. Um, but if you would like to experience what drugs, I, would I assume, uh, not being a user myself, uh, but what I assume drugs might feel like, you should watch Carnival of Souls. It is the weirdest movie ever, and it was shot for $30,000. There were only six crew members, including the director, Herc Harvey, who had never shot a film in his life, and, and it shows in the best possible way. Um, the editor of this I found was hilarious the editor of the film forgot to put a copyright notice onto the final print and so the movie immediately fell into public domain as soon as it went to theaters and um, Kirk Harvey got a residual check uh, after the theatrical run from the distribution company and it bounced and then they sent him a new check and unfortunately the distribution company went out of business before he could get to the bank and cash it so the poor guy never even got a a residual for it. But it was indeed, uh, according to George Romero, the number one inspiration for the uh, classic Night of the Living Dead and the ongoing franchises.
3: That's absolutely incredible. So before we let you go, let everybody know just how they can watch Crackle, please.
30: Yep, you can go to crackle.com and uh, cast. To any device from there, you can go to your favorite app store and download it for your connected TV, for your phone, your tablet, your laptop, anything. We've got apps for uh, everyone and every any way you watch media, you can watch Crackle. So it's always free. Go and enjoy your Halloween binge fest.
3: There he is, Chris Woolsey. Always good catching up with you, my man. And uh, let's do it again down the road soon
30: ridiculous pleasure i can't wait i'm i'm counting the days have a great halloween
0: rick
3: all right good stuff i'm rick tittle let's take a quick break we'll come on back and there's time to squeeze in 1-800-878-7529
1: That's 800 1845. You're crazy. You're crazy, man.
29: You're crazy.
1: I like you,
29: but you're crazy.
15: Saw Rick Tittle at the laundromat last night, and I was hella checking him out. I just kept staring at him, and he played like I wasn't even there. I'd be like that then.
3: Wow, that's uh, elaborate. You know, it's it's funny how when there's baseball playoffs going on, like with the A's when they were in the playoffs, you know, I was involved because I was doing pre and post or. I was at least, you know, in the clubhouse with the champagne, and it's like, oh, it's the entire focus. Or even when the Giants are in it, you know, I'm still, there's a buzz in the town. Is it because there's no playoffs around here that it seems stale this year? You know, there's no baseball today. There's no baseball tomorrow. And then there's one game on Sunday, Texas at Houston, When we're all going to be watching football, it just seems very anticlimactic. I can tell you this, though. The National League is my league in this playoffs. Whoever gets through Arizona and Philly, I'm going to root for against these two Texas teams in the AL West. And, of course, all these teams have World Series championships except for one. That would be the Rangers because they joke. All right. um, One more note here. It's now official. Uh, Daniel Jones will not play at the Bills. So, remember, they were favored by 15, and I was shocked. Maybe it's true. Maybe you should go with it. Who's going to get the start? Tyrod Taylor. Remember, he got the needle into his lungs. Talk about malpractice. Here, let me give you a shot, and it gives it to you like Rick Tittle. Oh, And... <laughs> Taylor uh, is going to have to find a way to be effective against Ed Oliver and Vaughn Miller and everybody else coming in. But what happened with Jones, he hurt his neck in the fourth quarter Sunday. He was hit by Rip Van Winkle. Sorry, Andrew Van Ginkle from, from behind. And um, they had x-rays. They said he was fine. They said he'd probably play. And uh, now he's just not going to play. And he is statistically the third-worst quarterback in all the league. He has two touchdown passes and six interceptions. He's been sacked 28 times. Since the NFL merger in primetime, and this is going to be Sunday Night Football, he's the worst quarterback in the history of primetime football. On national television, that would be Sunday night, Monday night, Thursday night, Jones is 1-12. in This is the guy who they gave all this money to. But, I mean, Taylor's 34 years old. You might remember he was the starter for a couple years in Buffalo like five years ago. But he came in with the Texans two years ago and won a couple of games. This just shows you how hard it is to get somebody to actually take a snap in the NFL. Apparently, it's very, very hard. Kyle Bowler couldn't do it. Mike Glennon couldn't do it. There are a lot of guys out there. It's just too hard. All right, thanks for tuning in. We will see you Monday, 9 a.m. Have a great weekend, and we will talk sports. Coming up next, more sports talk.